At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Bridgewater cuts to the right at the 15, the 10. Bridgewater to the 5. Unbelievable! Teddy Bridgewater houses it. I, I thought it was a total team win. You know, I thought you know the offensive line did a great job running the football, keeping Teddy up. I thought the defense played a fantastic game, getting pressure, stopping the run. And then I thought our special teams, you know, blocked the punt and set the tone. So really proud. I thought a lot of our guys stepped up and all kind of did it together. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. From a lifetime spent listening to coaches, the Zoki and I know, of course, that it is what it is. And that you are what your record says you are. And none of that works at all unless you embody the next man up mentality. (laughs) But would we be angering the football gods or swimming upstream against the laws of football coaching wisdom physics if we started our show tonight by saying that was this close to being a blowout of Arizona yesterday? You can't talk like that if you're going to do coach talk. (laughs) I know. You got to find That's the, the penalties. You have to harp on the penalties. Yeah, but it was just about a blowout. You're absolutely right because that that was a complete win. You thank you. You you you, you saw my back. You know we <laughs> you you saw that we we were talking about and lamenting or the fact that that in the, they had five field goals and we're talking about man they got to be able to convert that. Well, guess what? They converted all that and they, they made a statement. And there was at no point in time that you felt that the Cardinals was in that game at all. They were the Panthers were completely dominant from an offensive standpoint, special teams, and from a defensive standpoint, and so it even felt more like a blowout. The, the score didn't feel like thirty-one to twenty-one. It felt like it was forty-five to ten, because they were just so dominant, in my opinion. Exactly what I'm trying to suggest, and this is not something that that we could bring up with Coach Rule, Marty Herney. They would not take the bait on this at all. They would point to the penalties and how every. You know, every game in the NFL comes down to one or two plays and how more games are lost in the NFL than are won, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, so total plays, time of possession, yep. total offense. Yep. It was um, – I don't think – I mean, it's just one win, so we don't want to make too much of it. But it was – I thought it was impressive. I thought it was just, you know, very professional victory, clean. I mean, yeah, you had some penalties, obviously, and that's the one thing that will be harped upon, some of the uh, 15-yarders. But beyond that, you held the ball 14 minutes longer. You nearly doubled their yards. Um, you didn't get a quarterback sack on your own quarterback. He was not sacked in this game. He only turned it over one time. Um, so I thought uh, to check a lot of the boxes into what Eugene was saying, four out of five in the red zone after being one out of six the week before, and seven out of 11 on third down after having issues with that previously. And then against the number one, by the way, number one third down defense in the league. 28%, by the way. The fifth-ranked sack team 
in the league, coming in with 11 sacks in that game. You, you got those stats. So, um, yeah, I thought uh, it, it was really encouraging. And uh, we're on to Atlanta as soon as they figure out that they're back from Green Bay because they haven't played yet. So our broadcast roundtable brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a way you can save money in your pocket, folded money, cash on the barrel head right now. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Were either of you surprised that Teddy Bridgewater had the juice when he took it up the middle, a couple of nice moves, and then scored with it? No, not not at all. I mean, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater take that fourth down and two situation where he runs the bootleg. I mean, he gets picks up six yards, but don't forget, he has to go ahead, fake the ball, go back four or five yards, and then run six yards. So that's about 11 yards. Well, actually, it's even more than that. It's about 15, 20 yards he's going to run just to make six yards. And I'm telling you, he has this ability. I think the fact that you don't think that he's a running quarterback, I mean, he can run. That when he does run, you're like, oh, my goodness, this guy can actually run the ball. I mean, that 18-yard touchdown, it has he kind of cut in and out. That was a beautiful touchdown right there by a quarterback to go ahead and get in the end zone, to will himself in the end zone. So I say he is a runner, but he's much more of an accurate passer, and he plays the game that you want to you want to play it like that. He's so steady. He's so under control. And then when he has to run, he can run. Yeah, he runs when he has to. You're right. And I think uh, that bootleg play was, was mm. excellent with Beautiful. the fourth and two. And I like the decisiveness of the decisions that he makes back there too. Yeah. Like when he's, when he's going to go somewhere with the ball, I mean, he's very decisive with it. If he's going to run like he did, he ran – very quickly on that uh, that touchdown run to the point where it almost looked like that was just the plan was like a quarterback draw, but he just so quickly got out of the pass pattern, said the defense was not what they were expecting, so he took off and ran, figured it out, as they say. And so he um, – I did think he made some interesting, I thought, really nifty moves, though. I mean, it's one thing that he can run. I mean, those were some, like, running back-type moves. I think a lot of people think he just had that surgery like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a good athlete. He's, and he's only, is he, what, 27? 27. We yeah. act like he's like 35 because he just seems so wise and learned. Uh-huh. But he's not. He's a young guy. He's 27, and he's completely healthy. He had multiple years to recover from that major knee surgery. It's so cool when he does the teleconferences, the Zoom calls. He, he opens it up with an opening statement, and he just is so calm. Uh, a PR guy or girl uh, will say, Teddy, do you want to just take questions? Or he goes, no, I'll, I'll start it off. And then he'll just talk about the film study and where the team is and where he thinks they're going. I mean, it's, uh, it's got mm-hmm. leadership stamped all over it. The word sagacious come to mind. Sagacious? Oh, yes. not the sagacious. Yeah, I'm just saying. He just said, he, he, he does. He has that like, discernment and that mental acuity that you need to have at quarterback. You've got to be really cerebral, and you've got you to gotta be able to handle your business. When you come at the line of scrimmage, you've got to know what everybody's doing. You have to know what everybody's doing. You got to know the adjustments of the defense. You got to know who's the mic. You got to point out all that stuff, and you got four or five seconds to do all that stuff to make a play that's going to be successful. Well, Ooh. guess what? Steady Eddie, Teddy, Steady Teddy can do it. Steady, steady Eddie, Eddie Teddy. Teddy. That's right. That's steady what call. Teddy Eddie. Well, well sagacious look. is uh, having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. Wow. There shrewd. You go. Shrewd. There you go. But sagacious. you could say shrewd. You had to say sagacious. But sagacious you could have just said shrewd and okay. saved a lot of time. You're right about that. Let me tell you this. I'm going to ask Marty Herney. I promise you I'm going to ask him when we get him on the phone later in the show. And I'm pretty sure he'll get the question wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But I'm going to ask him if the great play callers are made or are they born. I have a feeling, this is my hunch, is that it's at the, at the minimum a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. That Joe Brady has 
some neurons firing. He has an imagination. He has a creative intelligence. He has this part of his brain developed to the degree that he's unpredictable. He's not scared. He's like that poker player that you're not really sure. Are they? Has he got the cards? Is he bluffing? Does and how does he know what my cards are? Mm-hmm. That make any sense? No, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it does. That's I think the poker. I think he's packing. So how is it possible before we go to break that Trent Scott comes to the Panthers fairly late? Greg Little comes out of uh, not out of nowhere because everyone's somewhere, but Greg Little has flamed on, and the left side of this Panther O line, including Chris Reed, who was in COVID nineteen protocol, is is stoning some uh, some of the better pass rushers on the right side of NFL defenses and what the Chargers and the Cardinals brought to the fray. They And everyone you named deserves the most praise because they're the ones doing it, but it's got to be Pat Myers. I mean, there's got to be yeah. – there's got to be – when we've had some really good O-line coaches here through the years, Eugene, and uh, that makes a huge difference because really – it's technique and uh, and it's scheme, uh, and these guys are doing it, but they're they're listening to what's being taught and they're they're enacting it. They're doing it, so that's the hardest part is the, is the doing. Uh, but uh, you got to give give credit to the coaching staff when you see that. And I think the play action is also helped by uh, Coach Brady because you had the play action. You also had tight ends standing, chipping off on the defensive ends as they go out on the, on that pass route, and then you had to move into the pocket. So you had another. And, and, and what Teddy uh, Bridgewater does a great job of, he, step up, he steps up into the pocket with form to into that, that lane to, throw, to find that throwing lane. And so you got, you got a perfect storm. You got guys doing all their job to really help that offensive line gain the confidence what they need because it's in disarray, but you can't tell. One time I was talking to Coach Rivera, and we had just got thrashed by Pittsburgh, and he said, and it looked like there was 15 defenders out there in their 3-4. And he said, well, Mick, what you got to understand is that they have a really good scheme. And when their players line up, they don't always just stay where they line up. Sometimes they move around right before the snap of the ball. I was thinking, what? <laughs> why, don't we, well, then why don't we get that scheme? Why don't we move around before the snap of the ball? My gosh. Because you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand, Mick. You didn't, you didn't soak. You didn't play. Eugene, you would know because you played. As you would know. Hey, so right. do I hear a rapper? Is that you, rapper? Oh, oh, no, you know. that's you, Eugene. You try to throw the noise as if it's us. Because <laughs> the audience I can't Mick tell. Was, uh, Shame you know on Mick, you, Eugene. You know Mick, always eating during the show. No, no, that's does. a pet peeve of mine. All right, we got to take a short break here, but we promise that the show will rise to a level above what it is currently resting at. When we come back after a break, we'll talk with uh, Matt Rule, break the game down next. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Bridgewater hands in the clamshell position, jabs his left foot in the dirt, sending Cooper in motion to the far side. Now Cooper stops and blocks back to the right. Bridgewater, make it boot to the right. We'll have the first down with ease. Slides out of bounds as easy as you please. At the 35 of the Cardinals, that was exquisite football. Bridgewater turns towards us, hands to Davis. Yes, sir. The push gets him into the end zone. Touchdown. Keeping them all balanced. 
uh, running the ball, moving the pocket, dropbacks, play action, different things. And, um, you know, when you walk away from this game, not giving up a sack, uh, rushing the ball for over 100 yards, uh, you walk away, please. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. With Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, the rest of the crew, Mick Mixon on Panther Talk. Matt Rule now to kick it around a bit on the win yesterday and the 2-2 two and two Carolina Panthers. Coach, when you looked at the tape today or maybe you looked at it some last night, what did you see that might not have been visible with your naked eye view of yesterday's game? Well, I just think, um, you know, we played really clean on the offensive and defensive lines. And I think any time that, um, you know, you can, you can limit the other team's running game, uh, I think any time you can find a way to run the football, keep your quarterback upright, um, you're going to have a chance to win. So uh, I thought I thought the player off of our offensive and defensive lines was, was really the story yesterday as I watched the tape. Where's Greg Little uh, right now, and kind of what's flamed him on to, to be able to come in and do so well at left tackle? Well, I mean, since, since I've been around Greg, you know, uh, I thought he had a chance to be a really good player. You know, I think uh, learning under Russell has been really good for him. Um, went out last week. You know, played well, made some mistakes at times, came back this week with more consistent. And I just think he needs to play. He's like any young player, you know. Um, he just needs to play. And uh, um, he has, have to, has to have a chance to learn from his mistakes, learn from the good things that he does. And, and um, I, think, uh, I think he did that yesterday. So he'll, he'll continue to get better. Um, he'll continue to improve his own process, his own preparation. And, and, um, but I, I do feel really, really good about where he's at. How about Chris Reed, who's played guard for you, Coach? Is he uh, is he more than just a guy? Yeah, I mean, I think Chris is a really good player. I mean, he's uh, uh, physical, plays hard, plays with great energy, athletic. Um, he's he's doing a really nice job for us, and uh, it's good to have him back out there. While we're talking about your offense, how many, did you run into Christian McCaffrey at all? Was he in your way trying to help you be the head coach of the, the team yesterday? <laughs> uh, it was great to have Christian out there, uh, you know, uh, you know, He's such a big part of our team, not just what he does on the field, but what he does off the field. So to have him out there was, uh, was I think, good for everybody. And uh, you know, I can't wait to get him back out on the field with us. You also mentioned, Coach Rule, in your post-game comments that you saw some exceptional catches out there uh, by receivers. Uh, who distinguished themselves in that way yesterday? Well, I, I thought Curtis Samuel um, made the plays that allowed us to win the game. You know, he had some great blocks, which don't always go noticed. But uh, some great third down uh, receptions that extended drives, and um, you know we had a few too many penalties yesterday. And and when you get behind the chains, you know you need to make big third third down conversions. And uh, I thought Curtis really uh, distinguished himself in that area. Matt Rule on Panther Talk on the defensive side, coach against that explosive offense. What was your plan, and how do you feel about its execution? Well, you know, we knew that uh, obviously they have great receivers. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is a tremendous player. Larry Fitzgerald, Isabella, Kirk. Uh, we knew that, um, you know, that they, they were going to be a challenge. Also know that uh, Kyler Murray it can, it can be an explosive player. And, you know, he had the one explosive run, really a, a, a great play by him. But I thought for the most part, our guys did their job. They were able to get off the field on third down. They were able to uh, limit the big plays. And uh, that's what allowed us to win. Jeremy Chin to the untrained eye. I mean, it looks like he's everywhere flying around for you, playing well. But how about to uh, to, to your trained eye? How's he doing in his rookie year? Well, I, I think he's playing a lot of different positions. He's uh, bringing a versatility to the game that, that, that we love. 
I think he's playing well. And um, as you said, he's playing hard. He's playing from sideline to sideline. I think that's a big key. You know, you want to make uh, you want to make playing hard. You know, something that's contagious. Coming up tonight, Atlanta at Green Bay. Will your schedule allow you, Coach, to watch that game? And if so, when you do watch a TV game, do you do you turn the uh, the commentators up or down? I'll definitely turn them up. I like listening to the commentators. I'll uh, I'll watch the game. I'll I'll try to get home and watch it so I can watch it. You know, kind of by myself. And uh, um, you know, we've had a chance to to watch the film. I've had a chance to watch Atlanta, both the offensive and defensive side of the ball so far this year. So we'll see. Uh, We'll have a chance to see them live tonight and see you know, what, what uh, tweaks they have uh, if they get ready to play this game. Before we let you go, Coach, does Atlanta look like a, a better football team than 0-3 to you when you study them? Now, Atlanta's a good football team. they got skill. they got explosiveness. They can run the ball. Uh, Matt Ryan's a, a fantastic player. Um, they, uh, they play hard on defense. They fly around. They have good players all around. So uh, they'll, uh, they'll, uh, they'll always be a challenge. Matt Rule on Panther Talk. Coach, thank you for your time. Good luck getting ready for the Falcons this week. All right. Thank you so much. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is what I want to talk about before the break with you guys. And I'll ask Marty Herney, I think about this too, if I think about it. But um, I cannot get over how this coaching staff substitutes. They have fresh guys coming in. They have guys playing DN, then they move inside to tackle. Then more, more guys come in. Um, it seems like that so many coaches get tight and they feel like the game, the NFL seasons are so short and they got to play with their iron 11. But then when a two needs to become a one, they, they're not oiled up. They don't have the depth that, that you need. How's this hit you guys? Even something. As easy to see, like last year, with as great as Christian McCaffrey is, Eugene, Reggie Bonifan, when given the opportunity, played well last year. And they didn't use Mike Davis when they had him last year, halfway through the season as a coaching staff. Uh, you see both Davis and Bonifan, what huge contributions they made yesterday when given that opportunity. Again, you're not going to sit Christian McCaffrey long, uh, but you, you can at least give some different looks and maybe do some different things and, and not, uh, you know, I don't want to say wear him down, but uh, it's not a bad idea to not you know, run him 94% of the snaps if you don't have to, at least use him as a decoy not actually touch the football every time. And also on the flip side of the ball, you've got F.A. Bada who moves from defensive end back down to a defensive tackle, playing the three technique. Uh, you you got Brown who can play the three or the five technique. you you got a number of guys. And also when you think about how Weatherly, Burns, uh, Haynes, all of them kind of got that same type of body type where they're almost like slash modified linebackers. you got a really fast crew. And I think what Mick is saying here – is that the rotation keeping guys fresh is allowing this team defensively, as we see, and also offensively, to play fast. Because I would say the mark of this team, what I saw yesterday, was, wow, these guys are fast. They play really fast as a team. They get to the ball. They fly to the ball. The receivers are fast. I mean, everything looks like it's at a hyper speed, at least it did yesterday. And I think that character is starting to emerge. And I think, Mick, you're absolutely right, because it's the rotation. Yeah, everybody's playing and everybody's practicing. They work the twos, they work the threes at practice. Mm-hmm. So even yesterday, Eugene talking about the receivers, Zilstra's out there, Seth Roberts is out there, Pharaoh Cooper's playing receiver, and that, that has to wear on an opponent. You don't even know who to key on. Yeah. I mean, Manhurts was getting the ball yesterday, Ian Thomas, a lot of different guys involved. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina in the game yesterday. Eli Apple 
with the hamstring aggravation there, and we'll see uh, what's uh, moving forward with that later in the week. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, your care, your way. K.K. Short. Great to have K.K. Short back. You'll hear from him about that when we come back with more Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Bridgewater retreats, climbs the pocket, he's going to run with it. Bridgewater cuts to the right at the 15, the 10. Bridgewater to the 5. Unbelievable! Teddy Bridgewater houses it. Last week, we, we walked away from that game feeling a little embarrassed as an offense. Um, when you watch what our defense did against the Chargers, creating turnovers, and we were able to get down to the red zone and settle for field goals, it's kind of embarrassing. When you walk into the, the locker room, it's like, man, we, we left so much on the field. So our mindset this week was just finishing, finishing, you know, drives in the red zone and finishing on the field in victim formation. And I think uh, you watch today's game, guys just executed. We were, right, we were able to run the football down there. And, um, you know, guys just made plays when we asked them to, and we were able to just be successful in the red zone this week. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. In the week four win over the Arizona Cardinals yesterday at Bank of America Stadium, the Panthers welcomed back veteran defensive lineman K.K. Short, who had missed some time due to an injury. K.K. Short says, however much the Panthers missed him, he missed being out there even more. It's very difficult. Just the, the foot injury, just dealing with that, man. It's just the, uh, it just needed time to rest, and, you know, I couldn't rush it. I'd rather miss two games than potentially to miss a lot more. So just working with the trainers, just getting that compensated, compensated and, and getting a handle on it and uh, coming out of the game, feeling pretty good so what we did the last couple weeks to get me ready to play um, was definitely needed. How would KK compare Brian Burns to Julius Peppers, Mario Addison and some of the other elite pass rushers Short has played with? Playing with all those guys that you pretty much named man those guys was was well you know had years invested before I played with them and you know just seeing the the caliber and athleticism that those guys had man it was just it was awesome and just to see brian going from year one to year three we actually had a conversation this year and i was like yo brian what's this like year three for you he was like man it's year two so you know just that maturity and just the way he carry himself off the field man it's uh it's definitely you know you can see improvement and i mean his rush game and, and just playing first and second down on the field as well um everything jumped from year one to year three to me so you know just seeing him and how well he up this game from, you know, one year and just seeing, you know, his success coming. Um, just keep telling him, man, you got to stay humble and just keep working. It's going to all fall in place for him. How about the progress of rookie defensive lineman Derek Brown and Yitor Grossmatos? D. Brown, man, uh, when we drafted him, I didn't think he knew what type of role that he was going to have to have on his team. And when he got here, he understood that we're going to demand everything and more out of him. So, as far as him just stepping up and, and not complaining and not, you know, trying to take any reps off and coming up to work every day, um, striving to be, you know, to be the best at, the best guy on the field. Um, you see that. And just his work ethic, man, is is, is unbelievable. Um, that guy's pretty much a lot of us banged up, but just the way he's playing right now is is good and, and we need that and we gotta, you know, continue to keep having that. Um and Utah, man, he's uh 
he doesn't say much. Uh, you really got to pull a lot of words out of him. But when once you know, one thing you know is that when he on that field, man, it's there's no holding back, and that man's going to give his all 120%. So, and and that showed yesterday on both those guys. So, you know, we told him that, you know, congratulations, but we still need, you know, you guys to be consistent as far as everybody. So we're going to need everybody from from here on out to, to be consistent. And and those guys is just a another key aspect of what we're trying to do. And finally, KK says the best football is still ahead for the 2020 Carolina Panthers. Right now, like I said, we, we we still figuring things out. We still getting comfortable with playing with each other, and and that's the that's the danger part, man. Because we got a lot of guys who who stepping up and playing big roles. You got Chen, you got Derek Brown, Yitor, and all those guys. You know, D Jack and, and Trey, all these guys, man, stepped into a different role, and we all still trying to process of playing with each other and and, and getting that down pack. And we know that we you know. A tweak here and a tweak there is gonna, you know, put us to one of the top defenses in the league. But we just gotta believe in it. We still gotta buy in the process, and we gotta come to work every day like we, we still striving to be the best. Big number ninety-nine, KK Short, who not only is an effective player but also has enjoyed mentoring some of the younger guys as well. Stay tuned. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues right after this. This is Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And two receivers to the right of Manhurts. Fakes a handoff to Bonifan. Now throws it to Bonifan. Easy as you please. Touchdown. Right side of the end zone. Bridgewater fakes to Davis. Throws to Thomas. Right pylon. Got it. Touchdown. Carolina. You saw our character when we were 0-2 or 0-1. But very simply, those were just, you know, those were games that we just weren't able to quite figure it out to the level we wanted. And then you know, found a way last week and then this week had a pretty convincing win. So um, not every week's going to be like this. And so I just want them to take it, you know, one week, one day at a time. Don't don't think about all the other stuff. Don't think about streaks. Don't think about all those different things because those just become distractions. Um, I want them just to come in every day and grind and work and have fun together. Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Panther Talk continues. Mick Mix and the rest of the guys joined by Marty Herney now, general manager of the Carolina Panthers. And we'd like to begin, especially after a win, by asking the Panthers boss what he liked about what he saw. And I'm going to include the stands, Marty, as well as on the football field yesterday. How'd that whole experience hit you? Well, it's great having fans there, Mick, to start. That was that was tremendous. And I think that, you know, playing-wise, I think you go down the list of guys – that made a play to help us win that game. And, you know, you go through 20, 25 guys. I think that, you know, the, what, what Matt Rule has preached for the last six months or whatever it is, 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 you know, you do your job and you contribute and this is a team game. And I think that you have seen us do that each and every week and get better at it each and every week. I think we're improving every week and, you know, it, it was a relatively clean game. We obviously want to cut down on the penalties and we want to cut down on some of those, those especially late in the game. But um, I think that we had so many guys step up with, with um, important plays that it, it truly was a team victory. We won't ask you to go down all 25, but we'll hit a couple of the high spots here in a second. But, Marty, we've made a fairly big deal on the radio network about 
the fact that this is a developmental coaching staff and how liberally this staff substitutes, how non-traditional is that around the NFL? Well, I think, again, it's a philosophy that starts with Matt Rule and, and our staff. And, boy, we I mean, we have a teaching staff, and it's just the way it's the way practice goes. Make everybody's involved, and everybody's got a role, and I think everybody's invested, and I think that's a great thing. And, you know, uh, early in the year, you want to get, like, defensive line, you want to have that defensive line wave. I think it also kind of is a testament to – the depth that we feel like we have faith in, in everybody on our 53 man roster, sometimes 55 on game days. So I think that it's a philosophy that starts with Matt rule and works through the coaching staff and our players the entire week, every day in practice is that everybody has a role and be ready when your numbers called upon. And that's what we do. This seems like deposits into a football interest-bearing account that will help the Panthers in later October, November, and December. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think that our goal is to get better each and every week. You know, that, that Matt always says, 1% better. And I think that we have a good mix of veterans and young players. But, you know, you look at our offense and defensive lines, which I think we feel very good about the, the depth we have there and um, the average age of our defense line, I think, is 25 and a half years old. The average age of the offense line is 27.2. And that's 10 guys on the offense line and, and nine on the defense line. So I think that we, we, you know, expect to improve each and every week. That's our goal, at least. It's very hard to do, but that's our goal. And, and as Matt keeps preaching, 1% better. 1% better, and I feel like we're doing that. Marty Herney on Panther Talk. Marty, it looked like a couple of times yesterday, Derek Brown just grabbed the people in front of him and with little regard for their personal safety, threw them aside and tackled the ball carrier. Did those kinds of plays bring a smile to, to your face in, in your box up here in the press box? Yeah, sure they did. I mean, you know, and stopping the run was one of our, our uh, areas that we needed to improve on from last year, and Derek is 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 a, a big force in there, and he occupies double teams, and and he w is very effective against the run. You can go up and down that defensive line, though, Mick. I mean, you know, whether it's Brian Burns or or KK or you know Etor Gross Matos made some plays. Zach Kerr. I mean, I could go on and on. I don't want to forget anybody, but you know that defensive line has has played extremely well, and we're starting to get pressure on quarterbacks, which really is the key. I mean, we need to get pressure on the on the quarterbacks and make them get rid of the ball. And we've done that um, very well. I think the last couple of weeks that that has been a big reason that we have been so successful defensively and been able to win those games. How in the world has it happened that Trent Scott and Greg Little have filled in for Russell Okung at left tackle and apparently performed so well? I mean, again, they're young players who, you know, are, are I think yesterday was Greg's sixth game that he's played and, and Trenton played last year and this is his second year. And I think that uh, Coach Myers and Coach Sad have done a great job with him. But, um, you know, we always felt like, you know, Greg, Greg had, has classic left tackle traits, in my opinion. And, and I think he came out and, you know, you get better with playing time. And both those young kids have, have 
have been able to play the last couple of weeks. And I think they get better every snap they get. And they certainly played a, a big part in, in a really good, good performance by our, our offensive line overall. All right, let's end it with this question right here. And there'll be a statement to precede it. And then I'll try to shape it into a question. So here's the statement. You can agree or disagree. Uh, play callers in football are uh, born and more so than made. And then if and then so if you agree with that at all, where does Joe Brady fit in? Because it seems like he's got a great touch call in place. Yeah, I really think they're made more than born, Mick. I think it's it's a lot of hard work, and and there's a feel and in an instinct that that goes with it. But I think that um, the amount of work that both both uh, Joe Brady and Phil Snow do, and 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 Chase Blackburn on the special team side, I think that you get a familiarity by by hard work and, and watching tape. And, and there is a certain amount of feel that goes with it. But, um, boy, I, I think in all three areas, we've, we've done a really great job. I mean, look at the progress that our young defense has made. And, and uh, Coach Snow and his staff have done a great job of, of teaching those guys and really bringing them up to speed very quickly. And then Joe just – Joe came in with that, that – you know, he showed it at LSU. I mean, I think he's got a very good feel and, and a knack of when to call things. But, boy, the, the hard work that goes into it for, for not only the, the play callers, but their staff, I, I think more of it really is made because of hard work than it is being born with it. There's, you'd have to admit, though, wouldn't you, that there's some creative intelligence in each of those three men that may be just a part of who they are that helps combine with the hard work to make them great at what they do? Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I'm going to throw Matt Rule in that mix as well because he sets the, he, you know, he sets the overall picture of what we want to do. And, and uh, our coaching staff has done a great job in, can't say enough about the way our players have taken to it in such a short time and under difficult circumstances. And listen, we all feel great about a win. We all feel great about winning two in a row. The end of the day, you know, we start now, we try to go one and oh again, we try to get better. We go down to Atlanta and we just have to keep focusing on getting what, getting better every week. Absolutely. Spoken like the general manager of an NFL team, which, of course, Marty Herney is. Marty, always a joy to talk to you. Thanks for your time, and we'll run into you this week. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> nice visit with Marty Herney. is brought to you by FanDuel. Play FanDuel's Gridiron Pick'em for free every week directly from the Panthers app for your chance to win up to $1,000. Visit the <laughs> so... You finish that for me, will you? I can't do it. It's on the floor. You guys cracked me up during the break. Where'd you leave off? During Marty, rather. I can't remember. It's about halfway through. (laughs) Visit Gridiron Pick'em for free every week. Uh, Visit uh, directly the Panthers app for the chance to win up to $1,000. Visit the Panthers app now. Register for your free account. Get ready for the next game. FanDuel, the official partner of the Carolina Panthers. All right. My apologies. Thanks, Russ. So, Marty Herney on a variety of topics, 52,000. 40 or 5,240 rather in the stadium yesterday, trying to sound like a lot more than that. Do any guys know anything? I mean, could this be, was this just fans in a crucible 
and we have to wait and see, or could this be the start of more as we move forward? I believe this is a political question. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a, what's determined by each region. As you know, New York and California aren't allowing. So I think the Panthers, the NFL, are, are wanting and ready for more fans, Eugene. But uh, obviously it's, it's based on region and uh, what's happening. Last week was a very busy week, high-profile-wise, I mean, for COVID. It's been busy for seven months. But uh, it, it sh- I think last week showed with the Titans, with Cam Newton, mm-hmm. with the president – uh, that this thing has not subsided, so I think you got to continue to to be safe. I think you're gonna see an ebb and flow. You may have one day, you may have five thousand, maybe now it's a hundred people, and so I think it's gonna go move back and forth because, as Zoke alluded to, just the uncertainty of uh, what's going on with COVID nineteen and the fact that we're getting I don't know if it's a second wave or not, but it seems that it's, it's kind of heightened a little bit. Eugene and I were walking in. Um, he came up the elevator about the same time as me, and, and we were talking a little bit about the secondary. Trey Boston, Justin Burris, some of the other guys. We'll break down the Panthers' defensive secondary when we come back with more. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. All right, let's get serious. Knock off the horseplay. This is Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or AC is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. So we were talking about uh, the, the secondary. Eugene, is it possible in the Zoke for a player like Trey Boston, not that his, not that he needed really a career resurgence, but is it possible that the addition of other players, more foot speed, some younger guys can, for a veteran player like Trey Boston, enhance his game and the way he's playing? I think it's, his game is – I think he's really taken on this this leadership role. I mean, I remember when he first got back here after he was in San Diego, he comes back here. Uh, he he wanted to go ahead and have that role where he's the guy. And now having a really young crew, I mean, a very young crew, a very new crew, a new team, he's really asserted himself. I mean, if you see his range, the fact that he's where he's supposed to be, making tackles, uh, one emblematic that play, uh, I guess maybe Tampa Bay, he's in the back of the end zone off a double move. where he On a cover two, he knocks down the ball with Evans. I mean, he's right where he needs to be, and I think he's loving it. And another thing you see with him is that cheerleader on the sideline. I see him waving his towel. I see him uh, on the offense. He's, he's up on every play urging the offense on. I think he wanted this leadership role, and I think he was yearning for this because he's always been a little bit more behind the scenes. And we talk about how young this team is, and uh, I won't stray too far away from the the defensive secondary. But if you notice, like each position group has at least a veteran leader. If it's KK Short on the D line, if it's Shaq Thompson at linebacker, yeah. if it's Russell Okung and other veterans on the offense, you just go Teddy Bridgewater every position. And I think that's important, don't you think, Eugene, especially with a first year coaching staff, to have that guy in the positions room who's not a coach but is a player that's a mentor to his teammates like that. Yeah, and don't forget he has he has pretty good experience because at the safety spot, his depth is really good. He has very, very good depth, but he has very good range, and he knows the defense and, all, and, and, and what the offense is going to be able to present, and he's typically generally in the right position. So I think he's really relishing this role as being the guy 
And I think the coaching staff has said, hey, you're the guy in the secondary. Get our guys lined up. And he's been doing a great job of it. Eugene, the Zook and I were at practice on Wednesday, and I think we both remarked how physical it was. I mean, it was all business, full pads, some goal line work. Mm. And and the Panthers' stated goal was to get better at tackling after the Week 3 win against the Chargers. So did they do that? We'll tackle that topic and more when we come back with more Panther Talk in just a second. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Really appreciate the company, Mick, along with the Zoke and Eugene. Two wins in a row that make you a juggernaut, but it is impressive. The Panthers say we need to work on third down offense, third down defense, red zone efficiency, and they they do it. They get better in those areas. Easy to see. What about tackling? Could this be a uh, could this develop into a good tackling defense, Eugene? Absolutely. I mean, we saw against the Cardinals, edge control was paramount. They was able to keep. Kyler Murray in the pocket for the most part. Now, he had one big run, but for the most part, he was held in check. Drake did nothing. I mean, the running game was actually non-existent. And then they were able to put pressure on the quarterback. And even when someone did catch the ball or run the ball, there was a guy there to secure the tackle. So that was really, really good because that wasn't the case in the very first game and even the second game. And I think this team is getting better and better and better. And one thing, they play fast, and it looks like now – Watch out. I think you're going to see the strip sacks as we've seen. We're going to see the ball on the ground with fumbles, and I think you're going to see those interceptions because this team defensively, the character is starting to emerge, and they're playing very fast, and they're playing very, very sound football. And, Eugene, how much has that pressure up front from the defensive front four in particular made a difference that makes the whole back seven that much better? It does. We've seen that pressure from up front last week's game, and this week, once again, now you got guys coming outside, but you don't have to cover as long. And now you can keep your eyes on the quarterback when you're in, in zone. And in man-man, you can go ahead and realize, I don't have to cover wrong because the quarterback's running for his life or he can't see, can't step up in the throwing lanes. This team, I'll tell you what, I'm expecting more wins from this Carolina Panthers defense and this offense because they can put points on the board. But what we saw defensively, we saw some clean football and some aggressive football and some fast football. And that's a recipe for winning. What we need is Green Bay to even further damage Atlanta's self-image <laughs> so that the greatly detested Falcons will uh, will not play well against the Panthers next week. Great show, guys. Thanks. This has been Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football, and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.